Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. World-renowned makeup artist, cosmetic designer, and now founder of Westman Atelier. Today, I'm sitting down with the amazing Gucci Westman to learn all about her one-of-a-kind journey. Stay tuned for this. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to inspire and hopefully help each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build brands, this podcast is going to be perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guest for today, Gucci Westman. Gucci Westman is a makeup artist, cosmetic designer, and founder of the world-renowned cosmetic line Westman Atelier. From working as an international artistic director at Lancome to global artistic director for Revlon, Gucci's CV is an impressive one. And if that's not enough, she's also named one of Business of Fashion's 500. Gucci, thank you so much for being on this podcast with me today. Oh my gosh, Akash, that was quite the um, introduction. Thank you so much. I'm like blushing over here. Um, thank you. I'm really um, so so happy to to be on your podcast. I love your brand. I love what you stand for. And it's so cool that you believe in collaboration over competition because you know what, if more people were like that, then the world would be a better place. So thank you for having me today. Thank you. And, and thank you for just have done so many amazing, inspiring work because you just make this a lot easier for me because there's so much I want to talk about. Um, but the first question I ask all my guests, and it's a tough question, but it's, uh, I think, a very good starting point. And it's, in a nutshell, in like a few sentences, can you just tell the audience who is Gucci Westman? Oof, who is Gucci Westman? Well, I have three children. Um, Petal, who is our best-selling baby cheek shade. She's going to be five next week. Um, I have our middle daughter, who is 12. Her name is Gray, and our son, Dashiell, and he's 14. And I'm David Neville's wife. And together we founded a clean beauty brand called Westman Atelier. And it could not be more of a rewarding journey and process to do together with, you know, my husband. It's, um, we really complement each other actually quite beautifully. And, and you never know how you're going to work together, husband and wife, couple. You never know how that's going to play out. But it's been Absolutely. Um, I would say I would never be able to do this with anybody else. Westman Atelier is really an extension of, of my lifestyle because I'm, I'm truly a lifestyle person. I, I love beauty. I love aesthetic. I love, you know, home. I love food. I love so many things, fashion. So I really wanted this to be an extension, a true kind of authentic extension of, of who I am. And I, and I really see see that um, throughout the brand because it's just so beautiful and it's so thought through. You can tell there's a lot of love and um, just a lot of time spent to cultivate such a beautiful brand. But we're going to get to how you did that. But I do want to kind of go to the very kind of the beginning of 
kind of what got you into the beauty industry? I know you've had a really incredible journey with some of the, the biggest maisons and, you know, in, in, the, in the industry, but what's the, the beginning point for you? What was that kind of beauty aha moment? My aha moment was I loved painting. I always loved painting. My mom didn't let me wear makeup when I was younger. And it made me, of course, really intrigued. And uh, when you're not allowed to do something, I was obsessed with makeup because I wasn't allowed to wear it. And of course, as soon as I got on the school bus growing up in Sweden, I would do my own makeup and I would do all the other girls' makeup on the bus. We had a long journey to school. And going to, when I finished school, I went to Switzerland to be an au pair. And the, the woman, the mother in the house was a beauty critic, a fashion and beauty critic. And so she would bring me to fashion shows and she also would give me all of the makeup that was sent to her. You know, giant boxes from Dior and Chanel and Lancome and, and uh, Saint Laurent and all those things. And I would, I would be like, what, really? Here I went from not being allowed to wear makeup to getting, you know, the most beautiful makeup in the world. And I, I just had this connection with beauty and women. And I loved the confidence boosting aspect of beauty and how you can transform a person's mood by giving them that, that inner confidence, you know, that strength. And I just thought, you know, I love painting. I love connecting with, with people. I, I had a friend named Casey Storm, who was a costume designer for mostly commercials and film. And he said, he worked all the time with Spike Jones. And he said, I need you to meet Spike. I think you guys would get on well. And so he introduced me to Spike. And I remember I was so excited to meet him. And we sat, you know, across from each other. And he had this like awkward, awkward silence. And I was like, I thought that the meeting didn't go well at all because he just would nod his head. And he was like, so what do you do? I was like, makeup. Hello. <laughs> and I thought that's what we were. Um, and so, you know, after that meeting, I ended up doing all of his commercials and music videos. And I did being John Malkovich with him. And so I worked with him for many years and had a wonderful experience doing that. And simultaneously, I was also working with a photographer named Paul Jasmine, who introduced me to Bruce Weber and Annie Leibovitz. So I kind of like was working with these fashion photographers a little bit on the side, but only when they came to Los Angeles. So I wasn't going on trips to New York to work with them. It was kind of like when they came to Los Angeles. And um, then I, you know, I thought that I wanted to be more creative and I was missing that kind of getting my rocks off moment um, that I felt like I, I touched upon a little bit doing music videos and creating characters and a true narrative. And I've missed that. I, I think as a creative person, as, as you would understand, Akash, and all of anyone listening here, I'm sure, is you do need to get your rocks off. Other, otherwise, I think you become unhappy and stifled. And so at 30, when I was 20, almost 30 years old, I decided I wanted to move to, to New York. And, and I wanted to see, you know, about the fashion industry. And um, every there were so many people who said, oh, you're never going to be successful in New York. There's there's the, t the biggest names in the world live in New York and you'll never survive there. And it kind of like all of this stuff I used as a little bit of a fire in my belly. But I think all of this adversity, you know, that we experience along the way is really you can use it to your, it's, it's not just the saying, you have to use it and make it into something. No, and, and I think you have to um, use it productively because some people can use it in an opposite way, which can demotivate. But I think what you've done is you kept them in your arsenal to build your weapons and your armor to make you more stronger and also make a difference because you don't want to live in a world where, you know, People will say that to your children or people no, will say that to your absolutely. friends. It's just I mean, listen, you can't control what people are going to say, but I do think that depending on where you are in your life and where you are mentally, that can be incredibly defeatist, as you said. But it also, you know, if you're able to be strong enough and think, well, that I'm going to prove you wrong. Of course, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't that literal, but I absolutely 
always have thought of that. And I've always thought, don't let that, that kind of those obstacles deter you because nobody should have the power to tell you where you're going to end up, how you're going to do in your life. Nobody should have that power. Absolutely not. And, um, you know, we, we just have to remember that, but sometimes, you know, it depends on where you are mentally and if you're capable of, of rising above that. Exactly. And we have to always remember how can they tell us where we'll be when we don't even know where we'll be, you know, that's like the, the most thing is, you know, they, they're not, it's, it's really not their, their decision to make. And I think, uh, many, especially in the industry we're in, it has been told even today, countless times, there's been a lot of kind of, um, boxes put around people and what's, what's success and what's not. So I think it's up to trailblazers and disruptors like you to, to make a difference in the right way. So I'm really glad you're using that and you, you're making what you've done, but I do kind of want to touch a bit about, you know, that move to New York and going from kind of film into fashion did you have quite a few, like, I guess you can say exciting opportunities or breaks with, I know you did some covers and can you talk us a bit about what that was yeah, like? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's all a journey and I think that it's so enriching to use experiences as, as opposed to, you know, using experiences and thinking long-term as opposed to the immediate kind of benefit. Maybe you'll get 10 more dollars if it's an immediate focus as opposed to long-term. And so when I was living in um, Los Angeles, when I first got there, I was assisting other makeup artists. And I honestly didn't, I remember I was kind of like too, too shy to ask the artist um, for payment. And I thought I was going to get the payment from the agent, but I never did. And I was too shy. And I just honestly, for me, it was all about the experience. I would rather be poor than miss an experience and an opportunity to learn. And I do think that being a disciple, being a student is is the most kind of luxurious place to be. And being open-minded and just always keeping your heart and your mind like open to to possibility, you know. And I, I would always you know, kind of like think about that, that, oh, I would never pass up an opportunity. You know, I'd rather not make any money than, than miss this, this, this occasion. Um, but so I, I think that, um, moving to New York, of course, it was very sort of kind of, you know, uncertain. And there was a lot of people who doubted my decision to move, but I was getting a little bit to be honest, I love Los Angeles and I have wonderful friends in Los Angeles and um, incredible memories from, from, you know, all of the work that we did together, wonderful teams. But I was getting a little bit bored and it did feel a little insular focused. It felt a little bit kind of like I needed to do more. I needed to express myself more and I didn't want to sort of just do makeup on actresses or, you know, I wanted to do that as well, but I didn't want to limit myself. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. If I don't, I'll never forgive myself. So I moved to New York and I shared a tiny apartment with the supermodel Tatiana Petits. And we lived on 12th street and first Avenue on a four floor walk up. I mean, it was my makeup bag. If there are any makeup artists listening here, any hair stylists like who carry a lot of crap, <laughs> you know, you just carry like massive pieces of luggage. Um, that was no joke. The four story walk up. So um, I, I remember just specifically like, oh, Anyways, so we were renting this apartment and I remember my first, um, I, I was working a little bit with Bruce and, or actually quite a bit with Bruce Weber and Annie Leibovitz. And I remember Bruce had told Grace Coddington that she needed to meet me. And so then I, I mean, my only actual, actual, uh, kind of like real fashion editorial cover at that point was a cover of Harper's Bazaar with Cameron Diaz and Patrick Demalchier because she requested me. And, but that was still amazing. And I was over the moon and it was a beautiful cover. I'll never forget it. 
And um, I remember that I, I kind of like made too much of an effort when I went to meet Grace. I like did my makeup too much. I had like more of a considered outfit on than I probably should have. And I understand in hindsight, of course, I wanted to like make an impression, but not about how I look, more about what I had to, my talent, you know? So I remember walking into the Condé Nast Vogue office and I met with Grace and I remember her kind of like checking me out and we talked for a little bit and I had, at that point, I had two options with her for two, two shoots. And then as I was leaving the Condé Nast building, they both went away. They're both like released. And I was like, oh no, I blew it. And, and I was like, oh man. So I was like beating myself up. And then, um, you know, about, I guess it was maybe two or three weeks later, I got two more options. And then I thought, okay, well, I guess, you know, it couldn't have been that bad. Um, so then I mm-hmm. went on a, a shoot to Florida with Grace and Bruce Weber and Julianne Dees. And it was a, a shoot for, you know, when the Survivor TV show was was popular. Okay, so yeah. we did a shoot around yeah. that with loads of models. And I never even knew that I could ever even ask for an assistant. It was just me doing all these models. And, and I needed to do Hilarious. special effects makeup. But, of course, I knew how to do that because I worked. I also was an intern at a special effects lab because I wanted to know kind of like as much as I possibly could. So, I you know, I could be prepared and... Um, so then we went from the shoot in Florida to California to do a shoot with Arthur Elgort and Grace and Stella Tennant and Julianne Dees was, was doing the hair. And I remember this is such a pivotal moment in my career because the entire shoot, I thought, um, I wasn't sure if Grace liked me or not. I was really uncertain of how it went, how it was going. And I just honestly did not know where I stood at all. And I remember going back, um, we were all traveling back to the airport that night, taking a red eye. And I was at a different terminal from everybody else, the crew, but um, we we were in the same van. And so when it came time to drop me off, I remember thinking, oh, I guess it didn't go that well. And then Grace got out of the van and she stood in front of me and she said, I just wanted to tell you that I have not seen talent like this since I discovered Pat McGrath. And I was like, what? And I was like, I was like looking behind me, like what? And, and that when she said, I want you to be on my team. I want to do every shoot with you. And Julianne at the time that we were kind of like the trio and I could not even believe I I had, then I, I couldn't like, cry or scream or anything because I was alone going into the terminal by myself and I had no one I could call because everyone in New York was asleep, you know? And, and so then when I got back, uh, I think it was a Monday morning, I had like 9 million options with every editor at Vogue because Grace had gone home and told everybody about this new makeup artist she discovered that was, you know, it, it was like, I, it, honestly, my world completely turned upside down. And I was working probably every single day for, I would say, several years, every day. If I had a day off, it was like I had to try to go to see a doctor at some point or a dentist or, you know, something. But it was it was extraordinary what what happened and the experiences that grace kind of um made possible for me you know and just like kind of of course i think there's so many talented people in the world and um it's it's just sort of like has so much to do with timing and and um so many elements but if you're able to sort of shine when you're given these opportunities it's it's kind of a luck a little bit luck of the draw. And it's, I think it, it's almost easier to get to the top than to maintain your status there, you know, to, yeah. to no, stick I, around yeah. is another story. Cause there's lots of kind of like new people that, um, that pop up, but then maybe they don't have the staying power, but it's a lot. It's, it's yeah. a lot because there's a lot of travel. You can't really, you don't really have time for any sort of like, I missed, so many weddings, so many, you know, 
important um, moments in in people's lives, but I I was completely obsessed with, with, yeah. Committed, yeah. But, you know, you say such an important thing where, yes, there's a factor of, um, you know, being at the right place, right time, having a lucky opportunity or who you meet. But at the same time, I think a big factor of yours and I think a lot of successful people today is, is you were always, and I'm still today, I'm sure, you were a keen learner, you know, every experience, even, you know, you put yourself through that special effects school, you know, not knowing that one day might have a shoot that we need it, you know, all those moments of learning led you to have that, that kind of conversion of from an opportunity to actually making, you know, your place into the industry, because um, that's why I tell everyone today. And I always say to everyone I meet is never stop learning. It's the biggest blessing. And of course, if you can make money on the way, great. But if you don't, I mean, we, we, we've actually paid since until we you know, graduate from college, we pay to, to learn. So in life, you know, you can continue to do things for free from your own goodwill. As long as you're learning, don't stop. And when you said that thing before about when, you know, you were nervous to ask some money, but you didn't care really because you just want to learn. It gave me goosebumps because I think that's so important. But, you know, I think, would you say as well as, you know, to maintain, because as you said, it's hard to sometimes maintain your, your foot into the industry, which is quite cutthroat. People come in and go, were you still consistently learning? And how did you learn looking into the industry? Oh, yeah. While you oh, were already gosh. in the top? Absolutely. I think every single shoot was as big for me as the next, you know, as important. Yeah. And just being with that, that caliber of talent arriving with, yes. you know, Stephen Mizell to, to do a cover of Vanity Fair with Madonna and, you know, Garen doing the hair and just, you know, just being there and having someone like Stephen Mizell present you as his, his makeup artist for the shoot. You know, that's like, I know Pat is his makeup artist, but I, I did work with him quite a bit for a little for a little while and I just learned so much from from him and it's all it's also like great leadership you know that I learned from from someone like him I think he knows how to do everything better than any of us he's a better makeup artist he's a better hairdresser he's a better all of it stylist but yeah. he what he does is he empowers his team and he makes them Better and better and better and better. And I've never done better work than working with when I worked with him, you know, because he pushes That's you amazing. and he knows how to believe in you. And he knows how important it is to build your team up as opposed to doubting them yes. and putting them down because then they're, they, the performance is night and day. But when you have someone like yes. that with his credibility and his experience Tell, saying, you know, to Madonna that she's going to, she's going to get you good or something like that. And just like that is so powerful in itself. And, um, yeah. And it's a leader without ego. Oh, yeah. It's a leader that's lifting others. And that's what, um, I think you yourself, you know, would consider, you know, that has inspired you to be the leader you are today for sure. Because I mean, you, you can't do it by yourself. You've been yeah. Through. You cannot learn yeah. anything by yourself. And, and it's also like in the the industry, it's it's so tricky and the, the complex. And um, you know, there's that saying: "You're only as good as your last job." I think that a lot of artists take that to heart and and are very hard on themselves and critical. And um, you know, and it's it's definitely like a, I think of a very psychological industry. You know, the fashion industry definitely. is is so sort of like tumultuous and um, unforgiving in many ways, but also the beauty of it is you, you can absorb so much and, and you get to be creative. You get to travel the world and meet really interesting people and, um, you know, produce these, these iconic images that some of them will be around forever. You know, that's, that's quite like quite phenomenal to, to, um, experience those things. But I do think that work ethic and, um, you know, just being ahead of the game, being enthusiastic, being passionate, all of those things are so important. And I have to say, it's so hard to find people with great work ethic and who, who aren't looking to know what time they're going to be done 
or, you know, how much do I get? It's kind of like, you know, you just feel like, I don't know where, how, how that is taught or how you learn to be a hard worker yeah. or, how, or how you learn those things. Like you just don't want to waste time. You know, you want to make the most of, of every moment and, um, you know, pour your entire self into something and, and then also not give up until you think you've done the best you possibly can. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people like what you're saying. They're just keen to bring people up with them as they learn and give back and not, um, you know, not always taking. Sometimes giving is more important than taking because it comes back in different mm-hmm. ways. So uh, I do want to kind of touch upon... Um, kind of your move into becoming, you know, incredible um, kind of roles within the, the likes of Lancome and um, Revlon, because myself, having worked at Dior, I know what it's like to work for yeah. French maisons yeah. and it can be amazing, but then there can also be the Emily in Paris kind of situation <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was it like and how did it come around? So with Lancome, um, so at that point, I was just so... Um, happy doing all of the editorial work I was doing. And, you know, I, I did have a fair amount of advertising that would support the editorial work. Cause I don't know if everyone's familiar with the fact that you don't really get paid when you do editorial work, it's more of the prestige. And, um, I, I think that I was so content doing those things. And I remember when my agent at the time, Leslie Sweeney, who owned art and commerce, she was one of the, the three owners she called me and she said, so we, we got a call from Lancome and they're, they want to meet you and talk to you about a contract. And I was like, oh, really? okay. I don't know how many days, like, would that, would that like interfere with my other work? And she's like, Gucci, what is wrong with you? This, you, everybody wants a contract. And I was like, well, as long as we can, you know, add that if, if I have a, these type of tiers of job opportunities, I need to be able to do those instead. And she's like, okay, just be quiet and I'll talk to you later. <laughs> but so <laughs> I, I met with, you know, various teams in, on the Lancome um, side and I, I traveled to London, I traveled to Paris, I met t- tons of, of people and um, we they ended up hiring me and it was actually such a wonderful experience. It was definitely not Emily in Paris. Lancome, I'm still very close with the former CEO, Mark de Brule. He came to our wedding. We see each other, uh, his, his wife, Ellen, and oh, I and my husband, David and Mark. We have dinner every time we're in Paris together and we're always in touch. And, um, you know, it, it was such an incredible platform to be given and also I have to say, I learned that working directly with the chemist can, that's where the magic happens because I, I worked, I was hired as a local out of Paris, which was kind of controversial, but I ended up spending so much time in Paris and in Europe working with them. And, you know, I think my day, my contract originally was like a 30 day contract, but I did 60 days the first two years and it was it was incredible. I, I have to say, I made great friends. I learned a lot, and I think also the respect of the arts. It's incredibly Parisian, you know, that kind of respect for the artistry. The the, the yeah, I think that yeah. they just hold it, you know, much higher up. It's not about the corporate as much it is as it is the balance of the art and the commerce. You know, so that was, it was a wonderful experience. And the, what happened there was the travel became too much because I, at that point I had my son Dash and, um, you know, they needed so much time because I also did so much press all over the world, Japan and, you know, all over a lot, just, it was, it was a lot. And as it was so wonderful, I still felt like I couldn't, maintain it. And I was pregnant with my second. And I remember thinking, I can't, I don't think I can do this anymore. And we were, we were actually, um, in Paris having a meeting about me going to India for two weeks. And I was listening to all the ideas and I knew I couldn't go because it was around my due date and I couldn't tell them that I was pregnant. And I was just like, Oh man, this is, 
this is going to, I'm just always going to be kind of letting them down because I want to have a family. And, and so I had to step down. Um, but it was, it was heartbreaking for me because I, I, I really enjoyed the experience. They were so respectful and so, so creative and they allowed me to do so many fun things. And, um, they really listened to, to me, you know, and I was just having such a good time learning and collaborating and, um, you know, I was home in New York, I remember, and I was, I called actually, um, what Cameron Diaz is one of my best friends. And I remember I called her and I said, I, I kind of stepped down from Lancome and she's like, oh, really? And are you nervous? And, and I said, well, a little bit. And, and I was like going to look at an apartment she was going to rent. And, and, um, I just remember later that day, I got a call from my agent again saying that Revlon wants to meet you and that ended that Revlon ended up being eight years so that was a long one so it was like you know a combined it was like a 13-year contract where there was one week I didn't have a contract so um and that was a very important experience as well because it was you know I I it was a mass brand and Lancome was prestige and I, I kind of like really got an understanding for what I wanted out of my life. If I were to be given the opportunity to have my own line, to start my own line, I think it was really beneficial to have both of those experiences. And it was very corporate, you know, if if I compared to Lancome, it was very corporate and, you know, they had never had anyone like me, so they didn't really know what to do with my time. I had to kind of teach them what they could do with me. It was important. And, and it was, it was, you know, Revlon is an iconic brand. And I, I actually tried to get, we were in the midst of, um, I wanted Barney's to do a green line of Revlon green line, just, you know, kind of a cap, uh, a capsule collection. And we were very close to doing that, but then somebody kind of got cold feet from Revlon and just said we, that they, you know, kind of didn't want to do it, which, you know, I understand, but it was, it was, I thought that would have been cool. It was maybe ahead of its time. <laughs> I think now, yeah, that's the kind of thing I think it's, it's a shame because yeah, I know in these corporate companies, there's a lot of layers and decision yeah, making. It's and tough. It's sometimes, the volume. Sometimes you get far with an idea. It was super it's, far, it's but the but, volume and the, you know, there's yeah. so many factors. But you know, all these decisions, all these experiences, I've had so many where I've pushed it so far into you and then just last minute someone gets cold feet. They kind of feel you to kind of say, you know what? I'll do it in my brand one day. So then, you know, it kind of is those kind of fire, those embers that yeah, ignite those... The, the big fire. And that's that's what you did. And and I would love to know how that thought from, okay, I've left Revlon to now here is Westman Atelier and why you chose, you know, to go for an um, kind of like a, a namesake and an eponymous uh, name, for example. We were very deep into negotiations with, um, I was going to, I was going to attach my name to um, a professional line that was funded by other people. And we were very close, very close. And, and then I remember, you know, the night before we finalized, we were supposed to finalize the contract. My husband said to me, we were were living at Chelsea at the time and um, we were sitting in front of the fire and he said, do you, so you're, are you excited about this? And, um, I remember just thinking about it and he said, well, you get one shot. Do you want this to be it? And I was like, no, (laughs) I don't. And that was, you know, it was uncomfortable because we had come quite a a long way and um, the, the money would have been, you know, good and things like that. But I remember when they had the five year plan and the fifth year was like eyewear. And I was like, that's so calculated and weird. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't think this is right for me. And, um, so, so then we, we decided that, you know, we wanted to do something together. And I, from the very beginning, I lived on an ashram when I was little, my parents were very, um, interested in Hinduism and Buddhism. So we lived in a Kundalini ashram and I got given a, a Hindu oh. name, Guru Charan, which means 
he who sits at the lotus feet of the guru and like kind of just to give you a little bit of a backstory, um, we, I've never had meat. I've, uh, I started eating fish when I was 25 because I was anemic, but I, I, I kind of like my parents, we meditated a lot in our house. There's a lot of kind of like mindfulness and, you know, focus on ingredients. What are we eating? There was no kind of white, uh, ingredients allowed in our kitchen, like flour, white flour, white sugar, those things were, were not allowed. It was always kind of, it had to be organic. And, um, I remember I rebelled when I was 10 and I, with my lunch money, I bought so much candy and, and then I didn't eat candy for, for like two years because I got so sick. But I remember, um, you know, just, just growing up with that whole, some kind of like what's in that or we, why don't we make that instead? And so my approach, I think in my life has been, um, you know, you, you do actually feel better when you eat more consistently. I think as a whole, when you're more consistent with your routine, your lifestyle, your exercise, when there's a a balance, you know, and I really wanted to focus on the ingredients for our, once it came time to really kind of move forward with this idea, I, I decided to work with a lab that's one of the most um, known in the world for performance and innovation. So I wanted to go with a lab that was focused on performance as opposed to natural or organic, because I thought that I, I wanted that. Wow. I wanted the performance. The performance as a makeup artist has to be paramount, you know, because I think that men and women are not going to come back to my brand if it's not, if it doesn't work, you don't care what ingredients are in something. If it doesn't work, I don't care if there's like the most exotic, like most beautiful, expensive raw material in a product. If it's not going to do the trick, if it doesn't last, you'll talk about it, but yeah, you won't use it and you'll be like, Oh, that's annoying. And, um, I remember just spending nine months trying to work on an organic line, like doing organic sort of like few products and then sitting down with the chemist and be like, this is so impossible, rejecting sample after sample after sample. And I was like, this is definitely not working and I need to, to reconsider this. So then we enlisted this incredible woman who is on our board of advisors and she's a green chemist. So she curated a very rigorous blacklist for us. And um, so that's how we kind of like went about our, our process. And we're, we're constantly evaluating our blacklist as new information comes to light. Uh, we started, I, you know, again, it's like all these sort of like brainstorming moments that happen along the way where, you know, what do, what do I start with as a credible makeup artist. What makes sense for me? It wouldn't make sense for me to start with lipstick or with something that isn't me really, you know? So I think over the years I've become mostly known for creating this incredible um, amplified skin and this skin that looks like, oh my God, it's so amazing, but it's, it's made, it's, it's made up. You know, so it looks kind of like you and your skin, but it's the best possible version. And that's kind of like been my my approach when I have, you know, worked with lots of people over the years and, and kind of like, you know, Jennifer Aniston, like she, she's not, her face is not like tan like that because she doesn't go in the sun anymore, but it's kind of like, you know, for her, that suits her to be that sort of beach, gorgeous, natural California beach uh, babe, you know, and, and it's all about sort of like, I think visualizing what you want your skin to look like, and then being able to manifest what it looks like by, by these kind of like few products and these techniques that I try to teach people doing my little tutorials on, on my Instagram and things like that. And on our, our company's Instagram. And, um, I just thought I should just do a, kind of a complexion system line. So I'll start with the key products that I need to create this kind of really amplified enhanced skin. And that was the starting point and it made total sense. And then in terms of, 
you know, the ingredients and things like that. I have rosacea. And for anybody who has skin complications, um, irritations, sensitivities, they know how frustrating it is. So it's not, you know, I think it's, it's really nice to be solution oriented, you know, when you're, you're bringing out something into the world. I feel like there wasn't any need to have another line that wasn't going to do something. So I wanted to add these active skincare ingredients that would be at the highest level possible as opposed to marketing. And I didn't even know that that was a thing, but our lab told us that, you know, with each ingredient, are you sure you want to include this ingredient at efficacy and not marketing? Because you can just do marketing, you know? Yeah. And I was like, no, that's horrible. Why would I do that? I want to do, I want to be, be sincere. And I wanted to do what I'm saying it's going to do. I don't want to include something that's going to fakely, you know, kind of soothe and calm your redness and inflammation and protects you, protects against pollution and, you know, gives you this long-term hydration. I wanted to really do those things. And I, that was a big shocker for me because I had no idea that that was a thing. And so then, you know, we pay more money for, for those kind of like raw materials. And then we go leaps and bounds to kind of, um, have our supply chain be as sustainable as possible, be as ethical as possible. We have all of these RSPO compliancy um, requirements where you get, you know, if you have a raw material and it's not um, sourced ethically, you know, then then there's a, an RSPO kind of list where you can go from the highest, highest, yeah. most responsible, most respectful sourcing um, technique all the way to, you know, like a three, which is not very good. Then it's kind of like, so we go the highest, highest, we go leaps and bounds. And my biggest mission is now is how to communicate how far we go to make our products as beautiful, as high performing, as um, kind of like sincere and authentic and um, have these skincare benefits that actually do something for you. But I want all those things to be, um, kind of like the best in, in class, you know, and, and I don't want anyone yes. to ever doubt us or doubt that we're not doing our very best to, to be the best we can. And of course we're not perfect and we're learning and we're, we have, you know, now our, our biggest, um, I think challenge is, is to become refillable and we are starting to be yeah. refillable with our compacts first. And that will be nice. sometime in the beginning of the new year, and um, that's that's just like we go so far. And for us, it's like the bigger picture. We have to do that as a brand. You know, we owe it to each other. We owe it to the environment. And, you know, we need all of our, our community to, to help support this kind of like once we're there, this refill, you know, model, business model, because that's a we have to rethink. You know, it's all about the rethinking and redoing, reeducating ourselves. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
It's, uh, you know, and I, I want to just say this as a kind of like a, a, like a, a statement to pause and just reflect on everything you just said, because um, as a founder as well, who knows about everything you're saying and all about margins and everything that you know, the end consumer doesn't necessarily know about, there are so many like calls you have where it's like, okay, but we go down this route, you save a dollar a unit. And everything you're saying is never about cutting corners. It's always about putting the consumer first and putting the mission first. And you have, you know, I want to make sure people really realize the lengths you've done to not only ensure clean formulas, you know, from no sulfate, silicons, parabens, no animal testing, not only to encourage the fact that you've also, you know, turned down that potential very lucrative, just sit back and have a deal. You've actually done built a brand from your own hands and scratch. Then you've also made sure the packaging is, you know, beautiful. You've invested into making not something you just want to put on the side, but you keep and you, you care for. But also the biggest thing which really stuck to me is you kept on saying we, not I, you know, it's not Gucci Westment. You kept the whole time you're saying we, we, we. And I think that's the most exciting part is, is you recognize the fact that it's a team, it's your supplies, it's the chemist, it's oh, the yeah. labs and think really big kudos to that i mean very inspiring for Aww. me personally so just thank you thank you Akash. For that that's so nice note. coming from you as well because for me i find it incredibly disappointing when you believe in a brand and you think that they are what they say they are what they promise they are and then you find out that they're you know there's something shady about like an ingredient yeah. i mean i know there's there's a brand that makes baby products and I'm not going to say any names, but one of the the first ingredients is a derivative of chlorine, you know, like, and yeah. it's a baby product. And you're just like, how is this possible? And how's and it, it possible? And I know the brand and I, I know exactly. Yeah. And only we in the industry would know because we, we know what's, you know, it's all there. It's all in front of people's but faces, like, but people how, don't realize. I just feel like it, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a For mindset sure. though. And it's like. We want to yes. kind of try to communicate how far we go because now it's also a trend for a lot of brands to say they're clean and this and that. But it's like if you compare, like then it's very different. So it's kind of like how does the the consumer navigate? How do they no. understand? So which yeah. brand do they go with? And and it really is you know everything that we do is is customized from our packaging to our formulas. And it's a very time-consuming yep. process, and you know it's it's frustrating. I know at times for for our community because we we um, you know our mascara, for example, is ninety-seven percent natural, and it's super beautiful. It, it's high-performing. It's incredible. It's one of it's like such a dear product to close to my heart because it was so hard to make it too, you know, and. Um, it, we can only make very small batches because it's finicky because some of the ingredients I will not include that, that can make it easier yes. because I, I just don't think it's worth it. And I think at the end of the day, I want to go to bed and feel like I did the best I could do. And I tried the hardest I possibly could. And that I want my, my kids to be, you know, proud one day when, you know, and they will be, and you know, and I do this to all my guests and I'll say this is like, as a kind of like a, a remark, but it's, I found not one product on your site that's got kind of bad reviews. Mm -hmm. It's very unheard of. You go on sites and you see there's an odd product with the one star, or three stars or below four star. All your products have four star and above rating on average, much higher, 4.5 and above. And it just shows that there's not one skew that's kind of cut corners and I love oh, that thank I really you. I wish there's more brands like that and I and I you know brand people recognize that I wish more people do and hopefully you know podcasts like this that share the story but also I think we are still a bit ahead of the time I think there's going to be a lot of education mm -hmm. still happening and you know your brand is going to stay so it's just a matter of a couple of years when that greenwashing and all that kind of stuff we're hearing yeah. about and stuff will come a bit more into fruition yeah I mean so, it's you know just stay mo stay on that oh, journey thank you Akash I, I think it's so cool you know that um big conglomerates are starting to kind of like join forces and um you know bring more awareness to to sort of like ingredients and the importance of ingredients and and that um yeah. you know knowledge is so luxurious just having knowledge and, um, you know, how do we, how do we like stick together and, and kind of help one another communicate all of this? 
But, um, you know, it's, it's, exactly. it, it's interesting. We had a, a really great call. I know we're both at Sephora, Fable in Maine and Westman yeah. Atelier, for example, one of our partners. And um, they, when we were kind of like looking at sales and things like that, they said that um, we, we have like, there's not one bestseller, but there's like six that are selling like the same amount, which is really cool. And they said, it's kind of like very unusual because I know, and it makes me so happy because uh, we do work so hard on each and every product. It's not like one product. It's like each one. I, I remember all of the painful aspects of each product, you know, like our latest uh, launch is, is the squeaky clean liquid lip balm and that in itself is like, uh, like every single one, but it's almost like, I don't know what I would do if it was an easy process. If I would just took something off a shelf and just launched it, of course I would want yeah. to sometimes, cause I want to get newness. I, in, innovation is so important to me, but I feel like the way we are doing it is at the moment, the best we can do because we have to, there's always something, you know, like, uh, our manufacturing partners send us, um, innovation and then they say, oh, it's, it's compliant with your blacklist. And then of course we get the ingredient listing a month later and it's absolutely not. And then if I fall in love with something, then it's a whole new, like, great. Now we have to remove those 30 ingredients. And then I add my own skincare benefits with our, we have an in-house chemist who together we sort of like curate what each and every product should should hold in terms of active ingredients and what we think the, the skincare benefits need to be. So it's like a, a very time-consuming procedure, but it is tremendously rewarding when we get the feedback from from people. Just just it's so so tremendous and so generous of people to take the time to to kind of like you know, share the love. It's, it's so nice. <laughs> it's the least they can do for the generosity you've done in, in caring about the products and, and the consumers. So I think, and, and, you know, it's just exciting because every single one of your product is so beautiful. Like it's very rare to see a brand that's done this. So I'm just so excited to see what's the future for it, but what, in a nutshell, what's like the, the future looking like for Westman Atelier or your vision for it? Um, well, because, so it is a lifestyle brand, and and one of the main reasons, well, we couldn't use my my first name for the um, <laughs> because there's someone yeah, out there, with you know, just a yeah. little someone. We we really liked yeah. the um, the idea of the the brand being kind of a little bit sort of like could, could speak to more, you know, because I, I have so many interests, and I just feel like you know who's gonna say that we can't do something that I'm really passionate about, you know, like if it has absolutely no relation to, to makeup, I think that of course, um, we need to complete the line that we have. We never want to be a battleship, but we need to add, you know, things like eyebrows and things that are essential, but we will never have 30 mascaras. Never, you know, we're not, we don't need that. There's no need. I don't want to put things out into the universe that aren't needed, I think that it's important no. to be mindful of purpose and and um, reflect upon that and not just churn things out because you want to. Yeah, but uh, but I think that you know I'm so passionate about skincare, so I think there could be something in there, maybe just a little, I would just hope. a little, yeah. you know, something. And um, yeah, it's it's really um, I'm excited about a, a lot of different things. I mean, I love. I do love fashion. I do love, you know, there's, I love wallpaper. I love so many things. So I, I, but I, I think it's, um, it's also a nice time. I think, you know, the pandemic really allowed us this like incubation period as a team. And our team is like, honestly, I feel my husband and I feel so, so tremendously grateful. And our hearts are so full with gratitude to our team because they, they work their butts off and they they love our little brand and you know they're they're proud and they're so invested and as as we were saying earlier you know you cannot do anything like this on your own and everything is better together you know and um I think for us it was a really productive period and a really great time to sort of reflect upon uh various things and and you know it is ultimately about 
how can we help make people feel better? You know, and I think just being thoughtful and, and generous when it comes to kind of sort of like, what can I contribute to, to make people, people feel better right well i'm excited to see the where it goes but i i know it's only bright and and very very um i think inspiring to many founders out there to see what you've done but also how i think you've kept to your mission and who you are as a founder too and it's difficult when you get different stakeholders along the journey and you know, even um, different retailers, it's hard because sometimes, you know, I'm sure you hear all the time, newness, newness, what's your newness? And you're like, you know, I'm even educating my retail, like, look, in India, or in my family, we only had what was in the kitchen. I didn't need to have, the, less is more. Actually, Less is more. Issue. Too many choices I, make you unhappy. Too it's many overwhelming. And I love when Ugh. you said one of Yeah, you, you, you don't, don't need, need so much. And especially now when you see how much waste there is in the world, yeah. Like, it just is mind-boggling to me. And I think it's also important to to showcase for our, you know, children coming up into the world. Like, there does not need to be so many options. There, there does not need to be. For sure, does not need to be. Uh, no. And I think what you're saying with refillables and stuff, this is the way to go. Is that, you know, make it more sustainable and, um, you know, accessible this way than you know, throwing something out, adding to the waste and just keep on trying different things. I think we need to less is more. And I think that's why I love West Manitilia because it's a place you trust, you know, all anything you bring, you'll trust because you'll know what's in it. And I love the fact that you highlight a blacklist. Like not many brands advocately talk oh, about Oh yeah, gosh, Akash, if you could see our blacklist, every, every one of our manufacturing partners like, ah, but you know, Yeah, but we also, like, early on in this journey, we got a really beautiful email from from our main kind of manufacturing partner, and they said that, you know, kind of because of of David and I, what we believe in and and what we kind of started, that they have restructured their entire um, company ethos around, you know, what, what they were doing previously. So we, we took that as a tremendous, um, you know, that was, that was a great compliment for us. And um, yeah, it's, it's so, it, there's so many frustrations because, you know, you do want newness sometimes, like you do want to just, just keep the momentum and um, keep okay. the kind of like the conversation going. Um, but it is, it's a, it's, at the moment, it's very time-consuming, but we're, we're trying our, our best. And yeah, and and the pandemic has not helped. I mean, founders yeah. know it's it's the supply side. You know, it takes you sometimes six seven months just to get one little yeah. mix. So yeah, it takes time. It takes time, but it it's time. I think it's really worth it. And good things do come to those it. who wait. Hundred percent. I mean, I I kind of link it to even um, like successful singers, you don't want to keep on annoying people. Like, you know, the best singers don't release an album every single month. They do. They come in, they come, they know when the time is to leave and they come back in again. And I think with building a brand, it's about have other brands have their moment let them have newness, let them shine. As long as whatever you're putting out, you believe in, you would use it, you trust in it. That's, and I, and I do get sometimes a bit like quite strict with my retailers and partners. And I say, and, my, and even my manufacturers, they look, no, this is, you know, we've had only four products for one year and people will be like, that's like a death of a brand. Like, you, you know, you're now, no, nothing's new coming. And I said, but there's still so many more people that need to try my hair oil. You know, it's not about keep on selling another product, another shampoo, another conditioner. Because yeah. I worked in deal. The amount of time I just spent on a new launch and I didn't even have time to focus yeah. on the last launch because yeah. there's a new product to focus that's on. That's the beauty of, yeah, that's the beauty of having sort of like um, an intimacy with your your brand and, and having being yes. a founder like you are as well, and your brand is so beautiful, and and I love how it's so curated. Um, that really speaks to me, you know, like an edit. Um, I, yeah. I think that there's there's also something to be said about having the experience. I think you know, being a makeup artist, yeah, uh, who is a founder, you know, I I have so many years of experience with performance, you know, and. And having that as opposed yeah. to, um, you know, um, um, you know, just like a money person starting a, a brand or something, that you know, it just feels like there, there's, there's a benefit to that, you know, and there's, there's, there's Definitely. a trust 
there. I agree. I think it's it's and what keeps us going. But before we we wrap it up with some fire round questions, I, I do have a question. I, I kind of always ask all my guests at the end, and it's all about travel. So we're opening up travel, but TSA is being a bit yeah. tricky, a bit difficult, and they're saying Gucci, you can travel, but you can only bring one product from West Menatilia. What is your go-to? Oh product? gosh. So if I can only bring one, oh, one. that's so hard. Well, you know, I, I... I know. It's like choosing from all your children. It's like you can't choose one baby. I know, my They're children. I, I have to say probably the Vital Skin Foundation because they have rosacea. It's, it's, you know, has the skincare benefits, but it's also does, it doesn't just cover and correct. It also soothes and heals. So I would have to say that. Amazing. So now we're going to go to some fire round questions and it's just quick Uh-oh. questions. Last, first thing that comes into your head. Most of my guests don't really do the first thing that comes in their head. So it's okay if you don't. Um, but my first question is what's a, like another beauty brand um, you're currently loving? Um, I love La Bouche Rouge. Mm. I'm friends with um, Nicolas Gerlier. He actually worked on my product development team when I was at Lancome. So we, he I kind of that. like finished school, started, went to Lancome and, you know, we're, we're, we're mates. So it's, so it's cool. That's cool. I love that. Uh, what's a guilty pleasure of yours? Oh man, I do love Bill Cart's Simone Rosé Champagne. I think uh, it's uh, many people's as well. Uh, I, I'm, I'm recently, I'm like, you know, on a Friday night, it's just nice to have a nice glass. Always right. Um, Always. Or any of, you know, whenever you need it, especially as, a, as a, when you work all the time, you need that break here and there. Um, what are you currently watching or reading? So we're um, watching a TV show called Bad Hotelet. It's a Danish TV show and it's beautifully shot and it's I grew up in Sweden so I I like the sort of dogma the slowness it's definitely a little on the slower side but it's great and I'm reading the book that I'm reading oh my gosh I'm so bad I just it's so good and juicy and it's called Every Last Secret okay it's good it's like a quick one perfect well I I love asking this question because it gives like people and myself a list of new reads and, and TV shows. So that's cool. Um, what's your favorite social media platform right now? I I mean, I kind of, it's TikTok considered. I, I would, yeah. I like the that's positivity um, around TikTok. I think yes. that it's like, there's a, the vibe for me feels optimistic. I like that. That's a really good answer, actually. I don't, people, I didn't think of it like that, but it is such an uplifting yeah, platform. Like it's the kind of an laugh, escape as well. And it's cool. Like, I feel like yeah. you laugh and it's not so serious. TikTok. Fully agreed. Uh, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur um, or makeup artist, like, what would you be today? Um, I, I might like try to have my hand on something with interior. I, I would love to learn more about interior design. Amazing. And um, kind of a bonus question, because I don't get to ask this to everyone, but what is one of the most, uh, or who I should say, is one of the most memorable celebrities you've done your makeup for and have inspired you today? Well, one of my most favorite memories, I think, working with somebody was Muhammad Ali. Wow. And and he was so jovial and, and so inspiring. And uh, I remember he drew a picture. The whole time I was doing his makeup, he was drawing a picture. And I couldn't tell what he was doing, um, you know, because he was, he was poorly at the time. But mentally, he wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he had you know, Parkinson's, I, I believe. Um, yeah. And he was drawing this incredible picture and, and then he gave it to me when, when he had finished. And um, it was, it was basically a picture he did kept doing all these dots and, and it was basically like an audience and him in the ring and him knocking his opponent out. And he's like, Rem- remember that one? <laughs> he was just so, he was so. Do you have that still with you or? I have it. it? Yeah, I do have it. Oh, amazing. That's such an amazing. Yeah. He was very, sake. very curious and, and youthful. And he, he was just, he was really a, very inspiring to be around. Oh, and you're very lucky to have yeah. had the oh, encounter with him. So amazing. Very amazing. Um, well, Gucci, I mean, it's been such a pleasure. I, um, I mean, we could speak for, I for know. hours Gosh, and hours. I know, I want to do this again, I, you know, so, again. so much to share. I know. I, I think, you know, I'm definitely looking at 
in the future doing like a round two in like a couple a year or two to see where the founders yeah. are and how it's adapting the business because I think it'll be yeah. really fun but in the meantime you know everyone can still follow the journey by following you and your brand so where can everyone find you and yeah so um we have a website westmanatelier.com and we also have an instagram westman atelier and then i have my personal instagram which is just at gucci westman super easy <laughs> i put all the links in the summary guys so you can click on it and please do check out this incredible brand personally one of my favorites and i don't say that lightly and uh i just want to say thank you such a pleasure to connect and when when i come to new york when you come to london you come home for an oh, indian you know what? Meal, i would my family i home. would be there in a second and i I love Indian food so that would be such a pleasure and I I really this was so delightful I'm so honored to be included and um it was this is really fun and and thank you to everybody for listening <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.